Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guy. Now, joining me today in the studio is Aaron King, three times entrepreneur and author of Digital Persuasion. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to meet you and be with you here today with your crew. Thank you. And one of the reasons why we got you onto today's sort of episode was you've actually covered a topic quite well in terms of how to communicate digitally. And I find that we're now in a situation where the world has totally changed. I very much doubt it's ever going to go back to the way it was. And we have to learn how to bridge the gap between being in our in-person self and our digital self. And the challenge that I've noticed that previously, a lot of people, are, their communication totally sucks prior to the pandemic. <laughs> and since we've been sort of online, where people haven't been strong, it's just been totally magnified. And we need to address this issue. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who better to come and help us with that than you? Well, thank you. And I'm honored to be invited to show up and serve your tribe. Um, You know, we're all just experts of our experiences. And from my experiences running uh, three organizations, two e-commerce companies, and one a social media agency, I've just spent a lot of time working with sales and marketing organizations to help them figure out how they can level up, how they show up from behind the screen. So the only thing that makes me any more of an expert than anyone else is we've just tried hundreds of strategies and campaigns, learned a lot about what definitely does not work at all, and a little bit about what does, which is what I can share with you today on this podcast. So let's start with sort of the problem. And you outlined it beautifully in that introduction. The problem is is that we weren't great at this before the pandemic. And then being on lockdown, whether you're in Canada and you're on full lockdown or you're in the UK and you're coming out of the five months or you're in the United States where everyone's like, what pandemic, you know, depending on where you are in the world, um, you may have noticed that you are still going to be spending quite a bit of time behind the screen doing business, running your company, and people are not rushing to return to in-person as fast as maybe some of the more legacy industry CEOs would like. And so the problem that we face is that we really don't type like we talk. We really, really don't type like we talk. And although we spend more time on Zooms and and our Brady Bunch boxes and our our FaceTimes, we still send a fair amount of email. We still send a fair amount of texts. On social, a lot of it's still captions and comments and DMs. So we're still in this world of writing. Well, the challenge that we find and the reason that, to use your word, people suck at it so badly is for a couple reasons. So First of all, there was a study that came out in 2019, right before the pandemic, actually. And the study found that not only are we more persuasive face-to-face in person, which of course, Peter, you know, but it turns out we are 34 times more persuasive face-to-face than we are behind screens. So this was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. And they found that, like, let's say, for example, you send 200 digital messages to ask someone, will you meet with me? Will you give me a chance? Will you, you know, look at this proposal or look at this, you know, presentation? It takes 200 digital requests to equal the same number of yeses as just six in-person asks. Uh So 34 times more persuasive 
offline versus online is not like a little bit. That's a Grand Canyon size gap between who you are in person and who you are in, in the digital world. And so why you're seeing people suck is that when you look at how we communicate behind screens, because we can't see people nodding their head, like I can see you right now nodding your head, right? So we have the, we have the nonverbal, but oftentimes we can't see someone like rolling their eyes or crossing their arms. We can't see all that body language. There's a physical distance, like you're in the UK, I'm in California. And then the third thing is oftentimes a lot of our digital communication is asynchronistic. So there's a delay between the message that you send out and the response that you receive, the little bubbles on a text message, or you know, you posting on social media, someone comments three days later. So it's all these factors coming together and they lower our inhibitions. Psychologists call it the online disinhibition effect. Our inhibitions are lowered. And because of all these factors, we show up online in ways we wouldn't be bold or rude or dumb enough to in real life. Sure. So, so this is what's happening, right? So, so when you look at the amount of time when you are texting, typing, tweeting, using all these digital communication techniques, you talk about yourself about 80% of the time because of all these reasons we just talked about. Offline, if you're in a normal conversation like a Zoom where you can see each other or you're getting together having a coffee or having a meeting in a boardroom, you only talk about you and your wants and your needs about 40% of the time, half the time. So the reason that we suck at digital communication is because we talk about ourselves, our mission, what we want. And the word I is the least persuasive word in language. So persuasion is personal. That's the truth we can all agree on. And so if you think about persuasion being personal and yet all these factors setting us up to not be our most persuasive selves online, it forces us to re-examine and be more intentional about how we just fire off that email or shoot that text or post that post. The obvious question is going to be, well, what can I do about it? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what I, got, I got you on that one, Peter. So in my book, Digital Persuasion, I share a method that I've developed over the last 10 years in working with organizations, you know, Visa, Siemens, Hitachi, Johnson & Johnson, you name it. And the method is called the pub method. And this method was developed by, we created an algorithm and we ran all of our sales and marketing and leadership messages through this algorithm to uncover patterns between what types of language you can type that affect the most action, that affect the most influence, that drive people to actually make change. And what we found was there are three elements to a message that will increase your influence, that will attract more attention, and that will enable you to show up more persuasively from behind the screen. And the three elements are this. It's pub, right? So it's personal, useful, brief. So in the first 10 words of an email, when you look at your email, for example, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm always scrolling through. And like my, my LinkedIn inbox, for example, is just a jungle of people trying to sell me crap, right? Everyone's like, I'm Peter and I work for this and I want this and I wanted to reach out and all this generic stuff. And the problem is you and I are getting like 500 messages a day at least. And when you're going through your inbox in about one second, you don't even know why, right? Your brain's like, I care, I don't care important, not important, <laughs> like delete or open, right? I do it with the emails all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you probably don't even know why you do it. You're just like, this matters. This doesn't matter. I'm just trying to like tread water out of this inbox nightmare, this jungle, right? Like hack your way with a machete through the digital jungle of this inbox. And so 
what it is, is that in about 10 words, in about 2.5 seconds, your brain is reading that little snippet, that little preview of an email or a text or whatever. In the first 10 words, your brain is deciding this matters to me or it doesn't. And so the power of the preview, those first 10 words cannot be underestimated. So for example, most people just litter it with I bombs and my bombs. And immediately when you see someone saying, I, 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 which everyone does, my name is, I want to reach out. Exactly. You're like, I don't see myself in focus. This doesn't matter to me. It's not about me. It's not going to help me. So you move on. So the very simple switch that I teach these different organizations that I work with is to be super intentional about flipping the focus of those first 10 words. So we've all these magic phrases in the book that we talk about. The most effective one from from a results like KPI data standpoint that we've tested over the last 10 years is this. This is the magic phrase. Peter, let's say I want to get I want to get on your podcast or I want you to come in and do something and you don't know me, right? I'm just a total stranger off the streets. Most people would say, hi, Peter, I want to reach out. Instead, what I would say was, Peter, it looks like you. It looks like you is the most magical phrase because if you see it looks like you, you immediately stop your scroll, you lean forward and you're like, go on about me, (laughs) right? What were you going to say about me? So we have used this technique to double our open rates of reaching out cold to prospects and and different leaders. And so what you want to do is you want to say, it looks like you, and then follow it up with someone, something, or somewhere that you either have in common or can comment on. It's such a simple thing. So for example, I looked you up before we got in this podcast, okay? Now, I don't know you. We're not best friends. But if I sent you a message and I said, hi, Peter, it looks like you're the transition guy and that you help entrepreneurs. And I repeat sort of like what you're doing. It's not going to make us best friends. Your guard's still going to be up, but at least you're going to open it. You're at least going to give me a shot at that versus immediately just discounting me. Yeah, it doesn't come under digital vomit, does it? (laughs) Exactly. So that's one like very simple, simple step is to open something personal. Then you want to make sure you're offering something useful. So P-U-B, pub before you publish. Personal is the first thing. Offering useful. Offering something useful is not just telling them more about you, but it's offering something of value to them. So if I'm reaching out, let's say like, you know, I want to be on your podcast and I want to stand out from the 50 million entrepreneurs that I'm sure are always like, Peter, get me on your podcast. I want to get in front of your audience. And you're like, cool. You're one of a hundred people that want to talk to me. Delete, delete, delete. So what I would say to be useful is I would say, Peter, here's an idea for your podcast. Because the pandemic has everyone super confused about how we level up, how we show up behind the screen. What if we could show your audience a way to close that gap using a simple method? That's all I would say. And then you're like, hmm, well, that would be a value that's useful to my audience, right? And then the last step, and this is the most important step that everyone screws up, is brief. Keep it brilliantly, blessedly brief. Do not say, let me know. Do not say, repeat yourself. The multi-scroller great wall of text. We're just like, ugh, all this reading. People know how it works. They know that if they're interested, they respond. You don't have to coach them. You don't have to tell them. And again, you want to differentiate yourself from every other, to use your word, digital vomit in our inbox. So you open with personal, you offer something very useful, and you keep it brief. This goes for leadership, talking to your team to get them on board. This goes for coworkers, peers, people you're managing. This goes for sales, marketing. This method is so simple, but what it does is it just allows you to break through 
that scientific fact that we are scientifically set up 34 times less persuasive, we are not supposed to be good at this. Screens are not our inherent natural environment. So this little method, it just reminds you to behave more like you already do in real life. It triggers you to remember to act more like an empathetic, persuasive, powerful human being from behind the screen. And I think that's a really important point because a lot of people tend to forget that. And your point about 200 sort of 200 messages before you get a response. I mean, that's huge. And a lot of people have thought, yeah, being in lockdown, not having to do the traveling and everything, I will get my time back. A lot of people have found that they're pedaling faster and harder now than ever yeah. before. Yeah. And they're blaming it on the pandemic when actually, although the pandemic itself may play a part, it may not necessarily be the pandemic only. It could be the fact that actually we're ineffective communicating from behind the screen. Yep. Yep. And to your point, it's not going away, right? This is not something, I mean, my, my brother works for Google and they are currently having conversations. What's it going to look like? Is it one day a week? Is it two days a week in the office? You know, you have um, the CEO of WeWork. Obviously he was just at a summit last week talking about how, I'm sure you probably saw this. He's like, you know, everyone needs to get back in the office. Well, huh? I wonder why he thinks that's important, right? The guy owns all the commercial real estate. So, exactly. so it's, it's, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely a, a shift um, that we, we know we are in the midst of. We don't know how it's going to impact business and how we do business long-term, but we know for certain is that it will never go back to the way it was. And if anything, as technology progresses, as people have more access to technology, the reality is behind the screen is going to play a bigger and bigger part of our lives. Mm -hmm. I would even say that this is just the beginning. Yep. Maybe this is the kind of stuff they need to be teaching at school. So when people sort of come out of school, they're well prepared for the world ahead of them. Yep. Yep. And it's interesting because once you start to become aware of how you're typing and not just sending off messages, like firing off emails, firing off texts, once you realize that messages in today's business world are moment makers, you will start to treat them differently. Once you realize that what used to be something that came so naturally to you, the elevator pitch, running into someone at the water cooler, walking into the boardroom and using your charisma and your charm or your natural vibe to get people on board with you, all these things have been taken away. And so the messages that you are sending, whether it's sales, marketing, leadership, whatever, internal communication to get people rowing in the same direction as you, you have to think about how you can elevate that and not just fire it off like how you normally would. But when you add that intentionality, when you flip the focus, when you even on social media, for example, a lot of people are using social media a lot more to have their viewpoint heard, to broaden their footprint as an organization. Well, the same principle applies. You know, when you are, you know, posting a photo of your CEO and you're posting a photo of the product or the service or whatever, and then you just shout about yourself. Yes, fans who love Peter and they love the transition guy and they love your brand, they're going to be like, yay, Peter. But if you want to get out beyond your existing sphere of influence, your existing X amount of people that already love you, you want to broaden that footprint there is no yay peter to the outside world to, to the <laughs> tribe there'll be yay peter i can yeah. tell you there'll be some other terms coming out because they don't <laughs> because it's, they don't want to know about me they want to know about them don't they yeah and so what you can do is because it's your social media obviously it's peter this is peter's podcast peter's photo so show about you but type about them 
show about you visually, but type about them verbally. And the fastest way to, it sounds easy, like sweat and eat vegetables and you lose 10 pounds. We know it's easy. It's harder to do that than, than, you know, easier said than done. So what you can do is a very simple indicator to know if you are typing persuasively and you are being intentional about how you're showing up from behind the screen is be really, really aware of your I to you ratio. If you comb through your posts and you comb through your emails and you comb through your texts, how often are you using the word I, we, our, my, how often are you using the word you? And by that simple, by, by cutting your eyes in half and bumping up your use, it forces your brain, it forces your communication style to flip the focus and come from a place of service and hit the pain points of your recipient and present what matters to the people that you're trying to get on board with you. And this very, very super, I mean, I've been teaching this for five years. And this morning I wrote an email to someone on my team and I almost hit send. And then I realized it was all about what I needed to have happen, what I wanted. I, I, and I was like, God damn it. And I was like, oh, so I went back and I reread it and I flipped the focus. I was like, you know, if you want to, and I, and I looked at the before and after, I'm like, man, this thing works. It's a good method. I'm glad I teach this, but we preach what we have to know the most, right? So sent it. And sure enough, she came back. She's like, okay, we got you boss. We're on board. But had I sent the I bomb, what I need, me, 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 she'd have been like, eh, I roll. We'll get to it when we get to it. Right. So it really is important to think about. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, like you said, in-person charisma, I do believe that you can have charisma from behind the screen. You just got to learn to craft it, as you said, because the words really can emphasize charisma. This is how you write. You just got to learn the new skill. Yep, yep. So people, people sort of tuning into today's episode, what do they need to do first? Because a lot of them are gonna say, okay, yep, what you're saying is great, what's my first step? Well, obviously to read digital persuasion is the first step. It's an easy read, lots of pictures, big font. I, I made it so that you can read it on a plane from LA to New York with time for a cocktail. It is like, like a three and a half hour read, but it really is a game changer. It has a lot of scripts um, and examples. But if you don't want to read the book, what you could do today is just from your very next message, when you start writing an email or a social media post, just look at those first 10 words and say, am I maximizing the power of the preview? Is it laced with eye bombs or can I flip the focus and say, it looks like you. Have you ever? Imagine that you. So there you are. Anything that forces your brain to get a little more creative and ensure that your recipient is the one in focus to amp up that persuasion power and increase the chances of them leaning forward, stopping their scroll and saying, tell me more versus just deleting you, ignoring you, or giving you a perfunctory response like, we'll let you know. Brilliant. Thank you. And if people want to know more about you, where do they go? They can go to erinking.com. That simple. Well, I think there's some, there's some really great nuggets of information and actually good practical tips that people can employ straight away to make a big change. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today's episode, Evan. It's been an amazing sort of set of learning. So thank you very much for sharing. If anything's resonated with you today and you want more information, head over to balka.com and get in touch. And if you love today's episode, please like it, share it, and make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Erin, once again, thank you so much for coming in and sharing, sharing your tips and sort of practical advice. And most importantly, everyone, remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. Please stay safe and take care.